You found it. The no-nonsense, no-script podcast you've been waiting for. Real people on real issues. Welcome to Dynamic Independence. The home of logic, reason, and common sense. Let's do it. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in today. I'm Johnny Anderson, and I'm joined today by Bruce Adams. Good afternoon, Bruce. How are you today? Good afternoon. Um, you know, healthy, alive, bit bit tired. Uh, today was a bit of an early day, so kind of eh, didn't get a whole lot of sleep last night, but doing well. Yeah, I was up at Adam first thing this morning. Yeah, I know how you feel. Yeah, I, I woke up today. It's like one of those days where you wake up and it's like, oh, really? Mm. <laughs> I mean, that was a, I think that was the first thing I said. I was like, I looked at my alarm and I'm like, really? Do you really have to do that? But anyway. All right. Yep. This afternoon, you know, we talked yesterday about digital dark age stuff. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I love those. Right. I mean, I, you had a great idea to start doing those on, on Mondays. Right. And it's it's been it's been nice. It's, it's a lot easier. I, I noticed yesterday and, and last week that it's a lot easier to do those when you first come back because, there, yeah. I mean, there's just so much tech stuff going on. And, you know, we, we talked a little bit yesterday about how big tech is taking a political stance, right? I mean, that that's that seems to be the way that they're that they're just doing it, right? They, they, they don't care what anyone has to say anymore. They don't care about Congress. They don't care about uh, any of these other uh, aspects of the law or human rights or any of that stuff. They, they don't care. So they're just going to go ahead with it because they're so arrogant at this point and they think that they're so entitled, just like an adult child, right? I mean, that's that's what they seem like. So what's happened now? CNN. Do you know who CNN is? Yeah, the uh, the fake news. <laughs> Isn't that what Trump calls it, the fake news? Communist News Network. Communist News Network, yeah. I've been saying that for more than a decade, and people are like, oh, it's not communist news. I'm like, yeah, just wait. <laughs> just wait. So CNN has put out a tweet today, and I swear I swear to you, you couldn't make this up. Uh, and I'm, I'm going to read the tweet word for word. Now, remember, yesterday we laid out the stances that the political stances that big tech companies are taking, right? And, and what steps they're going to start taking ahead of the election to censor people, which I, I think we can talk a little bit about that in this case. CNN put out a tweet yesterday. It, it, honestly, it was it was almost it was right in between our morning show and the afternoon and we didn't catch it. So it was it was right after that. A right wing offensive is underway to discredit social media companies just days before the election. A, a right wing offensive. Let, let me let me let me state that again. A right-wing offensive is underway to discredit social media companies just days before the election. Okay, first and foremost, don't take a left-right stance on this because that's what they want people to do. That's the first thing. They, they have to have the opposition, right? They have to show the two sides against each other. And that's all they're trying to do here by that alone. A right-wing offensive is underway to discredit social media companies. No, social media companies are discrediting themselves by A, taking political stances, and B, censoring people already. It's been happening even before the election. It was COVID, and they're still doing it as far as COVID. You're a doctor that has a, a difference of opinion. You say you're a famous person that comes out and says that the lockdowns are bull. If you're a medical professional, it doesn't necessarily have to be a doctor. You could be a nurse or a team of nurses or psychologists or whatever. And you come out and you talk about the psychological side effects of what's happening. If you're a healthcare professional and you talk about the rising number of cases that you're seeing as far as suicide, depression, anxiety, all that, what happens to you? Those companies will take you down. 
if you take a certain stance on something, be it political or public health related or whatever, well, then what happens? Your company reads the tweets or the, the Facebook posts that you put up and you get fired from your job. So, no, it's not a right wing offensive. It's not some right wing conspiracy. The social media companies are doing it to themselves. Those of us that could see what they were doing 10 years ago and could see all this stuff coming. This doesn't surprise me. It doesn't shock me. But to the average person out there that doesn't understand what's going on up until this point, this might be a little surprising to them. Well, it's time to pack up and move digitally, of course. Pack your stuff. You're not welcome there any longer. It's like you're having a house party, right? You're having a house party. And well, it's not your house. You're at somebody else's house. The authority figure shows up and says, well, OK, yep, yep. You uh, you tore this place up. You want to keep having parties here. Well, uh, this is what you're going to have to do. Hmm. Well, I don't like the sound of that. So uh, I'm just going to pack my stuff and leave. It's the same concept. It says here in this piece, it says that um, big tech companies are seizing control of our entire election apparatus. Well, that's true. Did, didn't you tell me, Bruce, they were going to shut it all down? I mean, they, they were going to actually like cut it all off. They were going to shut down Twitter and Facebook completely. Rumors of it. Rumors yeah. of it. Yeah. So we already know what they're doing with their algorithms, right? They've been changing their algorithms for a long time. Same thing with Google. They've been changing their algorithm for the for the longest time. You, you can't even use Google anymore, I don't think. I mean, I haven't used Google in quite some time. But people are telling me that when you Google something, Hell, the thing's almost broken because they've screwed with the algorithm so much that you don't even get what you're looking for half the time. I mean, you know yes. what happens when you type in certain things, right? We, we know that the, the algorithm directs you to a certain way, and we know which way that it, it starts to steer people. See, if you don't know about something and you Google it, well, Google's going to give you search results based on what they think you should see. Same thing with social media companies, Twitter, Facebook, whatever. Every person's news feed is tailored to you. You might have somebody that you completely agree with on something, friend, family, whatever, and you're both on, say, Facebook. But even though you agree on 99.9% of things, you're still going to get different news than the other person. So they talk about rigging. Do you want to say something? I was just, uh, you, you were mentioning there how Google's skewed, right? So I was. Yeah searching in real time to see what it would say about Joe Biden and see what it would say about uh, Trump. Uh-huh. What's it saying? Uh, well, Joe Biden, more or less, fairly fluff pieces, you know, the the typical, you know, nothing nothing really negative or anything. It's mostly mostly positive nothing, stuff, it looks like. Nothing about laptops or or having Ukrainian prosecutors no. fired or, or dealings with the communist Chinese or, or anything like that. But yeah, and as far as what uh, Trump... Uh, let's see here, White House admission on pandemic, uh, and then you know stuff. It's not really, it's not really great towards him. Uh, it's not overall bad, but it's not. It's more of a a subversive, uh, positive, negative kind of a thing. But uh, I mean, as far as on the surface, some of the stuff really all they're doing is just it looks like headlines and stuff. So they've more or less they're not obviously skewing things. Some of the stuff they have here on Trump is is negative stuff. So it's not as uh, obvious as, say, for example, if you type in into Google, men can space and then women can space. It's not yeah. as obvious as that. Right. Is what you're saying. Okay. Right. Honestly, I don't think it takes much. I don't think that's their objective. They don't want to make it seem too much. They want to twist it just a little bit, just enough to, to influence you. That, that's all they do. That's all they need to do. It says here, uh, rigging search results, giving billions worth in 
excuse me, giving billions worth of in-kind contributions to Democrats and tens of millions directly to get out the vote campaigns in Democratic strongholds. And censoring news stories to protect Joe Biden and help defeat Donald Trump is nothing to worry about, of course. Right. Nothing to worry about. You don't have to worry about that. The real threat to all this is right wing conservatives. Right. That that's your that's your real threat. That That's what needs to be focused on here. So CNN's Brian Fung wrote in an article on Sunday titled conservatives push to discredit Facebook, Twitter and Google just days before the election. You, you, <laughs> you couldn't make this up. You couldn't make this up. You know, uh, I kind of talked about this before we started recording. I, you, you know, we, we, we don't really have to do, those of us on the right, we don't have to do much to discredit Facebook, Twitter, you know, all the social medias because, oh, I don't know, the Steele dossier, the, the P-tapes, you know, all that stuff uh, that ended up being a complete hoax and spent millions of dollars investigating and found nothing on Donald Trump. It was okay to to share that. It was okay on, on social media to, to post links to that. It was okay to post links about Donald Trump's illegally acquired uh, tax returns, uh, which aren't even necessarily his tax returns. We don't know for sure. Um, which, by the way, it was also, by, the, by yes. the way, the New York Times did an opinion piece on that, right? An editorial, an op-ed, 10,000 words on the Trump tax return. But guess what? The guy didn't break any laws. He didn't do anything wrong. Yeah, that, that's what it boils down to is he followed the law. And by the way, some of the laws he was using was uh, put in place by Obama, uh, interestingly enough. Honestly, uh, but just that's what I said in the beginning, didn't I? I said they're going to get his tax returns and it's going to show that he paid probably little yeah. to no taxes. I yeah. mean, that, that's what it's going to be. Yeah, that's the way it works. Yeah. When you're when you're doing big investments like that, for example, real estate, some of some of the businesses that he's purchased have gone under, you know, and you can write that off. That's a write off. You know, you, you, you lose money on real estate, for example. Let's say you bought some real estate right during the bubble and you paid a lot of money for it and then the economy crashed and you sold it and you lost money when you sold it. Well, that's a tax write off. You as just the average citizen, you can do that. If you buy your house, you buy it for X amount of money and you sell the house later and you lose money on the sale, well, you can that's a tax write-off. It's just when you're, you know, in the billions or millions that uh that tends to, you know, last you a while, like 18 years, the legal limit. So, uh, I I wanted to just read the beginning of this piece, okay, that was put out by CNN. I can I can only wait because I know that you're you're clicked off over there. I I'm just going to wait when I get to the end of this to see you just jump up and just come come alive because I know you're going to. What began as complaint again, CNN, okay? This is their this is their piece, okay? What began as complaints about anti-conservative censorship by social media companies has now evolved into outright allegations of election interference as high-ranking Republicans have accused online platforms of helping Democrats by way of their content moderation decisions. On Wednesday, the Senate Commerce Committee is set to grill the CEO of Facebook, Google, and Twitter amid right-wing cries of partisanship and threatens to change a critical law known as Section 230. That protects the company's ability to moderate content as they see fit, right? We've talked about that ad nauseum. This is the part. Outside experts have found little evidence to support claims of widespread systematic political bias in Silicon Valley's technology. But the conservative allegations are an explosive charge and a dramatic escalation ahead of Election Day. Dramatic escalation. Outside experts have found little evidence to support the claims of widespread systematic political bias in in Silicon Valley's technology. Now, see, it's, it's open and shut right there. So who's these outside analysts? 
Well, they don't say. Does it? They don't say. Okay. No, they don't. They don't say. They they mm. just say outside experts. So see, and, and CNN's giving it to you, right? So I mean, they they fact checked everything. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Yeah. Well, they're one of the they're one of the authorities uh, in social media, right? They, they are one, one of the, the official fact checkers. Yeah. Same thing with yeah. New York Times. They are one of the official mm-hmm. fact checkers. Yes. So clearly, yeah, clearly this isn't bias or, you know, this isn't slanted one no. way or another. Clearly, no, no. this is this no. is just fact. This is, you know, the right wing clearly are being crazy loons saying that, the you know, there, there's bias. In, in the social media world, you know, it's it's not like we didn't just have, you know, Hunter Biden's laptop and 26,000 emails released by some of his business partners and or, you know, a CEO come out and give his emails corroborating the laptop and the other guy's emails. It's not like, you know, we had that info and they're blocking it or anything. Well, no, I was just getting ready to say it's it's not like they shut down, you know, the news organization's account because they they put yeah, out a story no. on it. Or, or any of the other senators, congressmen, what, what is she, the McEnany? She's the press secretary or whatever. Is that is that an official title? Okay, yeah. It's not like yep. they, they closed down her her account either or, you know, for, for posting. And it's article. not like they've censored Trump. It's not like they've taken his stuff down, which no. we'll talk about that in a minute. No. Well, it, technically, they've not technically taken his stuff down. They've just put a little asterisk next, next to it saying um, this might not be accurate, you know. Now, the CNN guy here, uh, Fung, he, he he doesn't make any mention in the entire piece. He doesn't make any mention of Facebook and Twitter censoring the New York Post expose of, of Hunter Biden's laptop. It doesn't make any mention of that. None. We're like uh, two weeks dog- in, by the way. Yeah, I know. It doesn't doesn't make any mention of the Ukraine and China thing. It doesn't make any mention of of what these companies are doing in in China. It doesn't make any mention of the people that are sharing the New York Post story are also being banned and having their accounts locked. Doesn't make any mention of that. But he also doesn't make any mention of these things. Facebook, YouTube and Twitter are banning dissidents in mass under the guise of uh, <clears throat> fighting hate and Quote, misinformation, right? COVID. Yeah, yeah, COVID. CNN personally lobbied Facebook and Twitter to ban conservative people, right? Uh, uh, what's his name? Alex Jones got banned about a year ago, right? Nobody mm-hmm. cared about that. Oh, no, nobody, no, sh- nobody clearly, spoke up on I mean, him. He, clearly, he's a crazy loon. You know, clearly it was it okay. was all, you know. Even if he's a crazy loon, he's he's got a right to speak. If, if, if I mean, take your side, right? Free Society sh- will yeah. shun him if he's wrong. Yeah, exactly. The thing is, though, is uh, they brought up 230, you know, Article 230. Literally there in Article 230, they cannot ban people like Alex Jones. They cannot ban people like, uh, I don't know, Donald Trump or the press secretary or, you know, senators and whatnot. You can't ban them unless they're calling for violence or posting like child porn or something. Stephen Crowder, YouTube, Crowder? got demonetized. Yeah. Um, they they he throttle they throttle the uh, it got remonetized. But how much money did he lose in the meantime? Same thing with the guys exactly. uh, Glenn Beck, right? The guys at the Blaze, they get their stuff yeah. taken down and throttled and demonetized all the time. But by the yeah. time that they appeal, well, the damage is already done, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And they say, oh, uh, yes. uh, so, sorry, we we made a we made a horrible mistake on that. Uh, it won't happen again. And they put it back. Well, it's too late. It's too late. The damage is done, and they know that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you brought up Steven Crowder, you know, in the beginning of the pandemic, March or so, uh, there's some other people on the blaze that were saying the same thing. Maybe you should wear a mask. You know, it might be a good idea. You know, back when they were saying masks didn't help or anything, they actually got their account locked for saying maybe you should wear a mask. Yeah. Isn't there, I I, I had read there was, um, what is it, out of Denmark? There was There was a research on mask wearing and they went to publish it. The major 
science publishers, you know, they wouldn't take it. Three of the major ones what? refused to take it. Yeah. They turned them down and it's already been peer reviewed and everything. Basically, more or less, basically what's happening is they're taunting them. The people that did the mass research, they're taunting these journals saying, peer review us. I dare you. Look at this information. Do it. And they're not doing it. They refuse to do it because they know masks don't work. Right. And also, I mean, to, to keep with all this stuff, uh, to keep with like the, the CNN side of things that he's talking about in here, in here that he fails to mention. Do you know how many Chinese Communist Party members are being brought over to the United States on H-1B visas to do censorship work for Facebook? They're, they're not mentioning any of that. That just happens to uh, uh, slip this guy's mind. Yeah, they're they're working on the algorithms uh, behind the scenes. Oh, and they're also, by the way, taking the technology they learn about, you know, the algorithms and whatnot. They're taking that back to China as well to help uh, fight the disinformation. Know, make theirs more efficient. Fight, yeah. fight the disinformation. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, because you, you don't want any disinformation out there misleading the population. No, no. You, no, you don't want that. Yeah, of course not. Of course not. It would. Well, I tell you. I tell you what, Bruce. What would be a lot easier would be if we just had one source of of news. Right. It would cut down on all the confusion. That yeah. I mean that. that you, then you could just have to vet the one news agency. I mean, it would be exactly really easy to do. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And if you know, if you could just if you could have the government fact check that news agency to make sure that you're getting all of the the right information, that would be even better. Um. I I know we're being facetious here, but um. Very. Sounds uh sounds a bit like I don't know communist China, or um I don't know maybe socialist nations Nazi I don't know you know just saying could be um anyway instead <laughs> very facetious instead he goes on and I and I mentioned this in the um uh, in the beginning opener in the opener there it says independent studies of social media companies have found little credible evidence to suggest that technology is biased against right wing viewpoints. And he claims the platforms themselves have gone out of their way to help conservatives rather than ban them. Now, see, I'm glad he cleared all this up. That's a that's a big heaping pile of steaming poo. <laughs> you talk about Pravda, man. I mean, for crying out loud, that's that is next level. You couldn't make that up. You talk about fake news. Uh, I'm serious. You, I mean, Trump calls CNN fake news. D- do you need to hear any more after what we just sat here and covered? From CNN, that, that, that's pathetic. That is pathetic. That is that is probably some of the sorriest excuse for so-called journalism that I've seen in quite some time. That's pathetic. You know, I've said this before, and but I'll I'll reiterate it. When Trump said that the the news media agencies were, you know, so these mainstream ones were the enemy of the public, I cringed when he said that. That was years ago, right? What was it? Three years ago now? Four years ago? Well, day one. Well, you know what he was He's, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Day, one. day one, he said that uh, he said something about BuzzFeed. He said BuzzFeed's a failing pile of garbage. Well, it is. <laughs> what, what do you want? But he's not. But he's not wrong. Like in the beginning, I cringed and I was like, man, that uh, I, I have difficulty saying that, you know, First Amendment press, all that stuff. Now, these, you know, four years later, he was not wrong. This is the 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 corporate media is one of, if not the worst God, it's just it's terrible for our republic. It, it is. is terrible for our republic. You know, even the founders. Right. I mean, if you go back to the to the days of, you know, Jefferson, Franklin, Adams, you know, the, the works, if you go back to that time, even then they wrote about how bad the media was. Right. John Adams. I mean, the, the British press used to kick his teeth in all the time when he was an ambassador and he was over in England. I mean, for crying out loud, it, 
he, he used to sit there in his flat with his wife and they used to read the English papers and they're like, this is all lies and, and garbage. I mean, none of this is true about him. Even back then, Thomas Jefferson even said that, you know, I'm, I'm going to kind of let me, let me grab the quote. I think I got it here real quick. Real quick. Um, if the listener thinks we're being uh, a bit uh, hyperbolic, why don't you just post on your social media account um, the New York Post article talking about the laptop? Or how about, you know, post that you got an extra ballot in your mail um, that isn't yours. Just, you know, post that to your social media account and see what happens. Tell us we're being hyperbolic. Thomas Jefferson, even back in the day, even he knew what newspapers were all about. And of course, you know, they didn't have, obviously, they didn't have television and all that stuff. And, you know, smartphones, I think that would have been some kind of abject witchcraft or something. But he used to talk about the people that would read newspapers and how uh, how crazy they were and, and how they would think that, well, if you read the newspapers, then you actually know what's going on. This is what Thomas Jefferson said about newspapers. He said, the man who reads nothing at all, think, think about this, a man who reads nothing at all, is better educated than a man who reads nothing but newspapers. That was back. That was back in the 1700s. How we haven't. It hasn't changed. Exactly. It hasn't changed. We haven't gone that far. It's just the same mentality of people. It's just brought up to the new age. Anybody that believes these mainstream media outlets, if you don't watch it, if you're if you're a person that doesn't watch the news, you're better educated than somebody that does watch it. I've talked to people that sit there and watch the mainstream media all day long, they don't know their backside from a hole in the ground, most of them. 50, I don't know, 50 years ago, though, the the, the news was, I've watched past newscasts back 50 years ago or so. And different comparing news. it to today, completely different. It was, I mean, there was maybe a tinge of bias in there, but more or less it was them bringing forth the news. They told you as a fact what happened. Like, this is this is what happened. They didn't tell you... It was a mostly peaceful protest. They didn't do the, the, suburb, the subversive speak. They told you this is what happened and you come to your own conclusion. They didn't line it with a bunch of BS about, you know, like I said, the peaceful protesting. When it was literally a riot, they would call it literally a riot. Uh, but how far we've yeah. fallen in those 50 years. It, it was it was exactly that what you just said. It was not opinionated. I mean, now it, I don't care which one it is. I don't care if it's Fox News. I don't care if it's CNN, MSNBC, whatever. Pick your flavor. All these networks have the same format. Now, they might have differing uh, points that they talk about. But if you if you ever listen to those compilations and, you know, how people glue them, you know, put them all together and everything, they really don't have a differing of opinion. They're pretty much uniformed across the thing because they get their talking points from the politicians and then they move on. That, that's what they do. They create the narrative and then they put it together. And so everyone follows basically the same. You might have a little twisting and turning of it here and there. But for the most part, everyone's on cue. Everyone knows what they're supposed to talk about and everybody knows what they're not supposed to talk about. Take Newt Gingrich, for example, when he went off script and he started talking about George Soros on Fox News. All oh, that's a no, no. No, we can't have that. So when somebody tries to put in some kind of element of truth into these conversations that you hear on mainstream news, the whole thing gets shut down or somebody's mic goes or they lose the connection or, or whatever. Bernie Sanders, even. I remember when Bernie Sanders even jokingly said something about uh, CNN being fake news or no, I'm sorry, MSNBC being fake news while he was being interviewed on MSNBC. They cut his feed right after he said that. That's how delusional these people are. But there is one fan of Trump being censored. And that is, you're never going to believe this. I, it was a shock to me, to be fair. The Chinese Communist Party is 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 ecstatic that Trump is being censored. Uh, and they're they're calling on 
American technology companies, right? Facebook, Google, Twitter, they're, they're calling on them to do their their patriotic duty, right? I mean, that, that's what they need to do here. To do their patriotic duty and to, I'm quoting here, safeguard the election by all means, advocating for platforms to censor election-related content posted by President Trump. So if you're on the left and you're on, or even if you're on the right, if you're an American and you say, yeah, we should silence the president, number one, what about his constitutional rights? But number two, you've just cited with the Communist Party of China. Congratulations. You're on par with the communists. I, I don't think they care. I Honestly, I don't think they care. I mean, that that's where they are. If you look at the, the Black Lives Matter movement, you look at the Antifa movements, what are they? That's cultural Marxism, destroying of the monuments, calling for all these yeah, social reforms. Mao. This, yeah, it, I mean, that's Mao. That's 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 neo Maoistic uh, cultural revolution. That's what that is. Uh, there was an op ed piece in the uh, China Global Television Network entitled U.S. Tech Giants are to safeguard the elections in the U.S. by all means. And they argue that social media platforms ought to play an active role in monitoring, disseminating and in some cases censoring election related content. Gee, I wonder how they learned how to censor. Huh. Uh, The article argues in favor of Facebook and Twitter, both of which have unfairly targeted conservative users with bans and blacklists. Well, that's not true. CNN just said it wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. Beyond arguing this way, big tech can undemocratically exert over American electoral outcomes. The article lauded Facebook's decision to censor a post by President Trump who the uh, China Global Television Network, that's an interesting title, describes as peddling misinformation. Now, see, Trump puts out all kinds of misinformation. You see, it's not the fake news. Excuse me. It's not the mainstream news that puts out the misinformation. See, it's Trump. Clearly, it's Trump. I'm quoting here from the article. It says, not only is there a risk of misinformation coming from outside the U.S., but from inside. And by key, the American president himself. Donald Trump in June posted misleadingly on Facebook that Democrat Joe Biden wanted to defund the police. And fact checkers agreed that this post was either false or deceptive. And yet he wants to defund the police. Kamala Harris as well. Hmm. Odd. It's almost like he said what was factual. That's weird. Yeah. Uh, Employees. This is from The New York Times. Employees at Facebook are, quote, laying out the contingency plans and walking through post-election scenarios that include attempts by Mr. Trump or his campaign to use the platform to delegitimize the results. Now, that's according to The New York Times. They are one of the legitimate fact checkers. Wait, so... They're they're doing these plans if Trump loses and tries to do this. What about if Biden loses and tries to do this? What well, are they going to do then? I've well, not honestly, seen any kind of like there, plan. There's a blue that. wave. Isn't there a blue wave? Right, right. It's a red mirage, I believe, is what they're saying. Yeah, yes. yes red mm-hmm. mirage. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Red mirage. Yeah. Now, what have we talked about with the Transition Integrity Project? The tabletops? We, I mean, mm-hmm. we went over that. We didn't go over all of it. I'm sorry to say we didn't because we ran out of time. I mean, that's we could have done two hours on that, three hours probably. Yeah. But that is shocking what they talk about in there. They're planning for all kinds of contingencies because they're going to contest. Joe Biden has canceled all of his events from now until Election Day. All of them. Which, I mean, to be fair, that's probably not a whole lot. It's only a week. I was going to say, and I I think he's only out giving a speech to, I think, combined total of, what, 20 people? Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing is, is between now and the election, he probably only had like two stops, um, whereas Donald Trump has three cities in one day. 
uh, he's been doing this for a while now. So comparatively, I don't know, it, it, kind of a an example of, uh, I don't know, the energy level of the two, right? Donald Trump was out campaigning before the debate, three cities a day, and Joe Biden was sitting in his basement. The thing with the canceling of the campaign is it doesn't shock me, but it shows me again, they're not looking for a win. They're looking to contest. They're not looking at all this in a manner of, oh, well, we're going to win this hands down. The polls are bull. We know the polls are bull, right? We, we know that. Everything that is happening from the, the campaign side of things with Biden, it, it's a waste of time. It's a complete waste of time. Biden and Harris did a joint event, the first one where they appeared together at their campaign rally in Phoenix. Not a single person showed up. Obama hit the streets to campaign on behalf of Joe Biden. He was talking to five people on a street corner. Five. Everyone else going by, driving by, no one cared. Five people. Joe Biden's giving speeches to, to empty parking lots, largely. I mean, we're talking a handful of people. We've stopped the video. We've counted. The videos are floating around out there online. I'm sure you can find them. You, the listener, if you want to know what we're talking about. The teleprompter is bigger than the crowds this guy's bringing in. I mean, that's not a joke. I'm not being facetious. I'm being dead serious. Yeah, the... The font on that um, teleprompter that it, it, it was that like the literally it was like it was like a 50 or 60 inch TV and they had the font on there was probably like one letter the size of your hand. I mean, it was huge font. They couldn't even get a full sentence on there. Massive, massive uh, screen and font. But as far as the crowds are concerned, looking at it based upon what they uh, get up that they have on, it looks like it's media. You know, photographers and and uh, journalists and whatnot, because they have cameras all over, you know, hanging off of them or they're carrying gear or something. Or uh, it looks like they have the little press pass thing dangling around their neck. Um, so it, it didn't look like it was anybody actually there to attend the rally, if you want to call it that. So, no, uh, the one that really burnt it. The one that burns me the most is the one that Kamala was doing recently at the polling station. That yes, one, that's that that's one illegal. kicks me off. That's because flat illegal. out illegal. Yeah. And of course, it's a, if a Republican were to do that, I, I believe you have to be like 100 feet away or something. I mean, you have to be a good dis distance away from the polling station. And she was literally across the street. She was like, you know, 15, they 20 feet away. Yeah, they flipped their lid when Trump said, watch the polls. Yeah. Not even campaigning out there. They flipped out when yeah. even he, when he just said that. Which is that's a legal thing to do, right? Poll watchers are literally a legal thing to do. That's something that you're actually encouraged to do. That's part of the duties of, of you know, the citizenry. Obviously, you, you have to go through the, do, the process you know what, and everything. But. Do you know what they do? Do you know what they do in the UK? Speaking of poll watching, you know what they do in the UK? Same thing here. It's incredible. And I, I actually agree with this. I'm serious. I, I actually agree with this, this election, uh, this election process that they have here. OK, you walk into the first of all, you got to show ID. OK, first, mm -hmm. yeah, what a horrible thing to do, right? Horrible, discriminatory right, right. thing to do, right? You got to show ID before you can even get into the building, let alone get a ballot. There's no mail-in voting here, right? <laughs> that, that if You can forget that. You have to go to a polling place, OK? You get down there, show your ID to get into the polling place. Fair. You get in there. Present your ID. They already have you registered, you know, to, to show that you're a registered voter. So once you do that, you get your ballot. OK, you vote for who you want. Then each party and members of the community who have been selected are there to watch that ballot box. 
they're there to watch it. And it's in a clear box. You seal it up in a certain way, right, your ballot, and it goes into that box so you can see it. So you see the whole pile of them in there. At the end of the day, when the election results are to be counted, that box is kept under supervision the entire time. And it's counted out there in front of the view of the public, just like they do in the UK. It's spilled out there in front of everybody in gymnasiums and community centers and uh, and church halls and, and all the rest of it in front of the news cameras, in front of everybody that can come in there and watch it to make sure there's no funny business going on. That's how you should do it. You notice when Boris Johnson won, forget about his policies with COVID. When Boris Johnson won in the UK, no one said anything about Russian hacking or Russian collusion or any of that stuff, did they? Because they couldn't. Because the election and the ballots were counted out there in front of everybody. There was a chain of custody from the time someone dropped that ballot in a box till the time it was counted on TV and in front of everybody. I'm not against a process like that. Honestly, I I think that would be fantastic. Uh, The big one that I think is really important is having a representative from all parties involved in the election. Because, uh, you know, so if you have, for example, three, assuming the independent were to get on the, the ticket then they they need to have a Republican, a Democrat, and an independent there, representative for each one. I'd be happy with a third candidate. Uh, Really? I I agree. I agree. But, you know, I'm just saying, you know, in in the case that there was a third candidate, which this this cycle doesn't have one, uh, there there was one. When was the last one? Two elections ago? I know I know uh, George Sr. had one. Bush Sr. had one. The last one that I remember that had, yeah, that had a third party. Um, But... I'm I'm totally for that because if you have a representative from each party, that means, you know, if there's any funny business going on, anything that's sketchy from either side, they'll they'll speak out, you know. So I'm I'm all for that. And then having people from the the local community watching as well. I would prefer if you're gonna have someone that represents the party, it not be a local, just because there might be funny business going on, you know, at a local level. If, for example, if you appoint someone that says, oh, yeah, I'm a registered Republican, I'll, I'll represent the party. And they're actually on the side of, you know, the opposing candidate or what what have you. Yeah, I don't know. There just has to be a vetting process and all that kind of stuff is basically, basically what I'm getting at. And I don't like the idea of doing digital voting. I don't like that. I, I like the idea of having in the physical ballot and they're watched continually. And not only watch, but I want a live stream of where they store those ballots 24-7 so that me personally as... Do we have any live streaming networks that that we could use to... To, to watch that oh, stuff. We've, I mean, I'm, we've got a whole whole slew of them. I mean, the government could have their own version of it, if, if you will. You know, I honestly, mean, I think Trump should he- hear me on this one. I, honestly, I think, OK, fine. Cut the tech companies out. Right. Yeah. Th- that's why they don't like him on Twitter in the first place, because he bypasses the media mouthpiece. So they don't like him on Twitter. I don't like the fact that he tweets. OK, whatever. But nonetheless, it allows him to talk directly to the American people and the people of the world without being taken out of context by the media, they're going to take them out of context anyway. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. Trump can start. Look look at what a lot of these people are doing. They're starting their own media companies from online stuff. I mean, it's a new age. It's a new era. Look at us. Look at us. Yeah. We're we're stretched out from uh, from L.A. to uh, uh, to Frankfurt. Right. I mean, we're we're stretched. I mean, Mm -hmm. for crying out loud. And we're sitting here doing this in a virtual atmosphere, just like we would be if we were sitting in a studio. You and I and GP, we've talked about consolidating and and actually getting a a physical studio and all that stuff. But Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. You know, ma- it would maybe. make it it would make it easier from a, a technical standpoint for just yes. you know making better quality and whatnot, uh, yes. and easier for scheduling and that kind of thing. But realistically, I mean, this still works. Telecommuting that's that's the it's the future. Yeah. Thanks to COVID and all that. <laughs> well, honestly, I mean, we, but yeah, but we were we were doing this beforehand. I mean, we were just kind of uh, we, yeah. we were a little ahead of the curve per se. Yeah, but I mean, bit, yeah. we could put this out technically in in video form. I mean, we're not going to, unfortunately. I'm sorry to sorry to say that. Yeah. Um, no. ha- however, maybe somewhere down the line, it's possible. It, it is possible. We haven't ruled yeah, it out a hundred percent, but it is possible, depending on how things go. But yeah, it depends um, on you know how politics continue going. If we continue having yeah. people like Antifa or BLM hunting people like us, you know. Speaking of which, let's uh, let's do some of this week in leftist violence and intimidation, shall we? Yeah, let's 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 go over some of the highlights of the week. Now we're talking about freedom fighters that are out there fighting fascism, right? That's that's what these people are. <laughs> I can't help but but laugh at all this stuff. All right. BLM protesters, protesters, they're still going with protesters on this one, uh, in Rhode Island threw smoke bombs and bottles at police. Providence, Rhode Island, a Black Lives Matter march from a man injured in a police-involved moped accident turned violent at a night as protesters lobbed glass bottles and smoke bombs at police officers and set off fireworks, injuring officers and a canine. You disgusting pieces of trash. Seriously, you're out there. I feel sorry for the dog. <laughs> Isn't that kind of bad? Well, our own species were like, yeah, it's bad. And then the dog, man, yeah, then the dog, piece man. of trash, like piece of trash. <laughs> That's awful. I mean, no, I, I it's, feel, it's I a thing. No, it's it's something like humans. We're, we're aware of, of what's going on. The dog isn't. You know what I mean? Yeah. They, yeah. they don't know what in the world's going on. That uh, Come on. And by the way, I'm yeah, a strong I, advocate. I've worked with canine units before. You know, I mean, not personally. I mean, I've, I've worked with people that have canine units. And you know something? Those are some of the best dogs you can imagine. I mean, over here where I'm at, of course, they obviously their their canine of choice over here is German Shepherd. Gee, I wonder why. I wonder why. Yeah. The, the way that they train those dogs is absolutely fascinating. It is fascinating. And it is, in my opinion, and I'm glad that they've done this in the United States. If you injure or kill uh, a canine unit, a, a canine, I'm talking about the dog, then that's the same as killing an officer of the law. And I agree with that. I, I agree with that because that's that dog's life. You know, that that's what that dog is going to do for their entirety of their life. They are in the service of of the police department and of the community. But anyway, all right, I, I digress. Number five, Portland Antifa militants. See, I, I like this term better. Militants. Yeah, I, I like that a little bit better. Militants lob projectiles and call for this is a new one. Call for the execution of federal officers. Well, that's not violent hmm. or anything. That's mostly peaceful, isn't it? That, that's mostly stepping peaceful. up their stepping up their game, aren't they? The yeah, rhetoric, yeah, yeah, huh? yeah. They're stepping it up a little bit. Antifa attacked federal law enforcement officers near the Immigration and Customs Enforcement Building in Portland, calling them Nazis and screaming that they should be executed. Nazis. Interesting. Yeah. Number four, BLM protesters storm a Trader Joe's in Seattle. That, that's interesting. That, that's interesting. I, I thought that Trader Joe's was actually, I mean, they're hip, they're trendy, right? They're on the, they're on the side of the, uh, the, the radical lunatics, right? Why, why would they go in there? Uh, this is a report from Andy No. Of course, he's in Seattle right now tracking Antifa. Guy does great work. Please check him out, uh, Andy No. Black Lives Matter protesters marched into a Trader Joe's in Seattle to demand that they give more money to black communities. They also called for the resignation of Mayor Jenny Durkin. Well, I can't say I disagree with that one, the, the latter part of that. Number three, more dead pigs. For those that are listening outside of the United States, the people that hate police officers will call them pigs. 
right? It, it's shameful. It's shameful. Anti-police protesters graffiti Northwestern's Weber Arch. Students at Northwestern University vandalized the campus's iconic Weber Arch with various anti-police slogans calling for more dead pigs and the abolition of police departments. The signature of Antifa A was affixed to the arch as well. And some of the other some of the other artwork, I guess we could call it uh, so, some of the other artwork. We can't mention the, uh, uh, the the slogans and the terms that were put on there because we're bound by terms of service. Right. Right. Well, and the Antifa A, by the way, is the anarchist symbol. Yeah, it's the anarchist symbol. And then, of course, it's uh, they, of course, on there, they put ACAB, which all cops are bastards. I, I think it's what that means. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, abolition now, blah, blah, blah. You know, I, I've said time and again, they don't want to abolish the police. They, they don't. That, that's not their goal. Their, their goal is not to abolish the police. Their goal is to become the police. Number two, Boston Antifa members burn a flag, eat a heart and curse law and order. Uh, OK, protesters took a uh, took a turn in Boston this week as Antifa members burned the American flag. Oh, well, OK. I mean, somebody should have put that out, to be fair. And ate an animal heart. Man, that's, that's, that's morbid. Uh, all while invoking the Hindu deity, uh, whatever, um, F Trump and F12, they scream. What's with this F- F12? What, what is that? 12 is, I believe that's the narcotics unit for law enforcement. Oh, yes. Is, yes. Okay. Is, all right. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, so they want, they want free cocaine and free heroin and all this. Okay. Yeah, I got free you. drugs. Free, yes. free yeah. meth. Yeah. Of course. Well, they need meth. I mean, that's what most of them live on. And they also screamed, uh, praise to the chaos gods. Because they're anarchists, you know, j- just Can't a revolutionary wait. group out there, you know, n- nothing serious or anything. Just a rev- just another revolutionary group out there eating hearts and, and burning American flags and and calling for the legalization of of drugs. What what I mean, what could possibly go wrong? Chaos gods. They, they mean like Slanesh and like Warhammer chaos I, gods. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, OK, Bruce, they're calling for the legalization of drugs. OK. And they're eating hearts. They're eating raw animal hearts out there in the streets. Okay, so I that, mean, that, that's that praise- weird. I mean, I, I knew they were kind of into some ritualistic stuff. Some of the stuff that they were talking about, and it, it was weird. But then eating hearts and well, and what you, have we you said? going like Aztec on us here or something? What, like what have, we, what have we said? This is there's no other word to describe it. This is pure evil. This is evil. This is a this is a sick cult. Is all this is. Yeah. Cult. Number one, last but not least, this week in leftist violence and intimidation. I'm starting to like these. <laughs> Counter protesters attack black free speech rally organizer and knock his teeth out. You remember that one? Yeah. The guy that I got his teeth knocked that. out. Yeah. Yeah. Black guy was was uh, standing out there marching with the uh, the pro. I think it was pro Trump crowd. Yes, I, I think it was. And white Antifa meth head comes up and knocks the black guy's teeth out. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Hello. I thought you're for black lives. And you're knocking the poor no. man's teeth out. I, did you see the pic- no. Did you see the pictures of that? It was terrible. I, uh, it was I terrible. Did. I did see the picture. He blooded him up. One of his te- uh, one of his teeth. I felt so sorry for the guy. The nerve. It, he's uh, he's out there. He's out there standing in front of these people, in front of these the, these Antifa scum and the BLM scum. A black guy, and it's weird white people that come up and start knocking his teeth out. Literally. Yeah. Yeah. Knocked one out, and the other one was just hanging by a thread. If you will, that was, that was terrible, terrible. It, he did have a GoFundMe started, and I think there was a, a few thousand there to help him get his teeth fixed. So, it, you know, good, good on that. Um, yeah, that's counter, pro- 
Yeah, counter protesters in San Francisco last week punched the organizer of free speech. He was the organizer, wasn't he? I guess it's kind of important. Uh, punched yeah. the organizer of, of a free speech rally in the face, knocking some of his teeth out. The rally was held near Twitter's headquarters to protest the censorship of conservative voices on the social media platform. Now, see oh, those see, allegations? No. Yeah. no. Yeah, we just went over that with CNN, right? It, it, it's clearly that th- that's all made up. It's 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 a right wing conspiracy. Is all that is. Yeah. Uh, Twitter and Instagram Thank have you, both Lord. since. Dis- oh, yeah. And now now see, Bruce, to to show that there is no such bias or anything going on here with these these companies, uh, Twitter and Instagram have both since suspended the organizer's account uh, oh. since. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, his assailant was uh, later arrested and charged with a hate crime. Good. Good. He deserves it. So 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 you're you're suspending the nonviolent, constitutionally peaceful protest that was organized by a a minority. That was organized by a minority. So you're going to suspend his account. Did you also suspend the the account of his assailants by chance? They probably paid for his bail. (laughs) Yeah, you're not wrong. They've been. Yeah, I I know this isn't on your list there, but uh, it was also um, a Jews for Trump did a rally. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, they they did a rally. Um, In New they York? went from yeah, they went from Brooklyn to Manhattan. Do you know what that is? And, uh, that's the Orthodox hmm. Jewish community that's being locked down by De Blasio. That that sick, disgusting Probably. freak. Yeah. Probably, but they did they did uh, a caravan, so they were they were driving from one to the other with the you know Trump flags and signs and stuff on their cars and whatnot, and uh, they were met by quote counter protesters that were throwing rocks. You know, verbally assaulting them. Um, were they mostly peaceful? Other, yes, they, they were mostly peaceful. They, they were counter protesters. See, uh, so it was mostly peaceful, and it ended up it, it things escalated quickly and ended up be, uh, uh, you know being a, a physical uh, fight. And uh, there was a bunch of people with bloody faces, and uh, one person was taken out on a stretcher. Police arrested seven people for various charges ranging from assault to disorderly conduct and harassment. But they said. The Jews for Trump caravan was peaceful. It was not peaceful, you know, obviously the fighting and stuff when the counter protesters arrived and started assaulting them. That's when it turned into a fight. Isn't that kind of ironic? They defended themselves from assaulters. The Jewish community. All right. So as as a quote unquote counter protester. Okay. Uh, just just a little tip. You don't want to assault or or any group, really, but specifically the Jewish community, especially because just the optics alone isn't really good. The Jewish community was I don't, I don't know if you guys know this, but they, they've been harassed over the years. You know, there was there was a, a large genocide. We, we call it the Holocaust that happened years ago. And, um, you know, a bunch of people were, were a bunch of Jews were killed. So it, just you know, doing counter protests and assaulting the Jewish community, it's just, it's, it's bad on optics. Just, just as a, you know, with a public announcement, you know, public service. And it's despicable. It's despicable. Yes. Uh, Clearly I was being facetious and, and this is, it's wrong period uh, to be assaulting people, but it's ridiculous that that this is it's gone to this level. No, I, I couldn't agree more. Like I said, it's uh, that's shameful. That's shameful. And like I said last week, who's going to stand up for them? We know that they're being targeted and marginalized again. By the way, it's it's even worse. They were uh, let's see. There was video footage from uh, these counter protesters. They were launching rocks. Prospect Expressway. They were up on the overpass there, throwing rocks down into traffic, uh, trying to hit these these vehicles. Which this is this is attempted manslaughter or attempted murder. 
doing this kind of thing. This happened years ago, and that's what they were charged with. So are they going to do the same here? And how hard is it to uh, to, to band together a, uh, a battalion of NYPD's uh, finest and send them up there and, and put handcuffs on all those people that were up there on that overpass? How hard is that? How hard is that? Well, but with a com- when you have say- a communist mayor, it's a little difficult to yeah. do, I'm sure. That's fair. They did say, though, police are investigating uh, the incident. They they only had video footage of the incident. They didn't actually get there when the people were there. So right. So uh, Amy Coney. Let's. All right, so we only got a few minutes left here. So Amy Coney Barrett. She got confirmed, didn't she? Yeah. It looks like um, she was confirmed. The Democrats. They didn't show up. Obviously. Oh no! See, they, they were they were protesting. They were they were boycotting. And Elizabeth Warren. Right. Which a lot of people are saying that she should be the Treasury secretary under Joe Biden, by the way. So, uh, of course, what could possibly go wrong there? She only needs 100 trillion for the Green New Deal. Right. Yeah, yeah that's not much. Right. No, it's that's, not much. It's uh, just pocket change. Right. Yeah. It's really I mean, if you in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. I mean, all we need, honestly, Bruce, all we need is we just need some of those platinum trillion dollar coins. That, that's really all we need. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. I mean, it's 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 only like it's four times our GDP. I mean, it's not no, you know, no biggie. Right, right. And if you're printing anyway, what, who cares? Who cares? Yeah. What, you know, what, how, what could go how, wrong? How do you pay for it? Is you're probably asking yourself. You just do. Yeah, you just, you just do. do. Apart from that, Elizabeth Warren has come out and she has said that the GOP has stolen. You, you hear this? Stolen the Supreme Court vacancy. They've stolen it. Wasn't their right to put somebody on that court? No, no, no. See, we can't follow the process. No, we can't do that. And people say, oh, well, I mean, the Democrats have been saying, well, uh, well, the American people, uh, they have a right to vote on who the next Supreme Court. Okay, we did. We voted for the Senate. Right. That was our vote, wasn't it? So I mean, the Senate, the Senate votes, the Senate confirms or actually they have the hearing. They vote, they confirm. And then that's it. They don't even have to have the hearing, by the way. We, well, no, they kind of mentioned that before, but no. And you know what? To to Justice Barrett, uh, we can call her that now. To Justice Barrett's credit, she aced it. She did. She did. Yeah, she, she was unbelievable. She's absolutely unbelievable. If she is a, a compromise between Antonin Scalia, the late Justice Antonin Scalia and Clarence Thomas, we'll take it. We'll take it. Just for the love of God, no more turncoat Justice John Roberts. None. I refuse to believe Roberts was ever conservative or a constitutionalist. No. no. To begin with. He wasn't. They just touted him that way to the American people to get him through. But Barrett, she's a fundamentalist. She she believes in the Constitution. She's going to rule things from the Constitution. And you know what? That's what we need. We need to get back to the Constitution. You know what, though? It's becoming a popular meme now. You've probably seen it of um, Amy Coney Barrett holding up the blank paper and people are just putting stuff on it now. Honestly, she she's up there getting grilled with, uh, quite frankly, a, a load of BS questions coming out. And they're asking her for those that haven't seen it. They're asking her, Miss um, Barrett, what are you writing on that uh, on that paper? Let's see your notes. And she holds up a blank piece of paper. The woman is that articulate. and She's that intelligent that she can sit there and deal it to those know nothing politicians all day long and give them a taste of what it's like to actually be able to use your brain. And that's what I hope she does on this one. You know, I honestly, I, I hope that she is constitutionally bound. It's almost like she has, I don't know, a foundation and understands what she believes. It's almost like she has that ingrained in her belief system. It, it's kind of weird, really, uh, when you look at it. I mean, look at uh, look, look at a lot of the senators that were up there quizzing her on that. They had notes and pages of notes and all Shouldn't you just be asking questions based on the Constitution and what you believe and not? I mean, for me personally, it's really not 
it's not difficult when we see these bills come up. It's really not difficult to read through the bill and be like, yeah, that no, this is this is horrible because I believe in the Constitution. I believe in the freedom of the people. Right. So it's not difficult to look at it and say, yeah, this isn't good. You know, that's one thing that's always irritated me about the Supreme Court. Right. It, it's not black and white. I'm not talking about <laughs> I'm not talking about, you know, whatever the, the news color. media would have. Yeah. Skin color. I'm not talking about yeah. that. Right. Clarence Thomas is my guy on the Supreme Court. OK. All right, that, <laughs> right. He's my guy. He, you, you never hear anybody talking about Clarence Thomas and how he's some big racist guy. Right. Because he's a black guy and he's he's the man when it comes to that Supreme Court. You talk about a straight shooting conservative on the Supreme Court. Clarence Justice Clarence Thomas is it. Right. He's it. So you never hear the left attacking him, do you? No, 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 no. See, they, they don't attack him because because he's a black man. They don't attack him. But uh, honestly, I, I, I know I know Clarence wants to retire. <laughs> I know he does. But Clarence, can you give us a couple more years, man? Seriously, I know you want to play golf and all that stuff. I get it. Can you give us a couple more years, please? I got my fingers crossed the, for you. Do, do the same thing that RBG was doing and just wait out the election. And, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, now I just want to play the uh, the TikTok video of that woman who was screaming in the car about uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg dying. Yeah. And it's like, it's yeah, funny because, was, uh, oh, yeah, it's, it's, she's screaming hysterically. And it's like, you know what? She's probably a, a professor at Berkeley or something. It could with, be. Uh, or I she's mean, a TA to Robert Rice. I'm not sure. But, uh, the thing that, uh, like I was saying, the thing that bothers me about the Supreme Court is it's not black and white. They they go through and they pick on something and then they start picking that apart. And it's like, wait, well, hold on a minute. To me, the average person, it's simple. As somebody that believes in the U.S. Constitution, it's simple. Either the entire thing is constitutional or it's not. And if it's not, you throw it out, all of it, every single piece of paper of it, you throw it out. It goes back to the House and Senate for revision until it is constitutional and then it's brought yeah. back. That's yeah. the process in my mind. That's how simple mm -hmm. it is. Because as you said, when we look at these bills, it's not that hard. Within a no. couple of lines, we're sitting down, or a couple of paragraphs, a couple of subsections, we're mm -hmm. like, okay, that's not constitutional. That's not constitutional. Mm -hmm. You could throw all this stuff, yeah. stuff out right now. You don't need to waste yeah. three to five years to get it to the Supreme Court docket. We can do it now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And not only that, this is, this is the other thing that really, really grinds my gears when it comes to Roberts. Obamacare, right? The, the big one, that one really grinds my gears because he they brought it in. They they looked at it and said, OK, this is unconstitutional. But if you did this, this and this, I would be willing to change my vote. Hold up. Either it's constitutional or it's not constitutional. It's not whether or not you sign off on it. That's not your job. Your job is to, to determine whether it's constitutional or not. If it's not constitutional, you hand it back to them and say, redo it. It's not constitutional. And then they have to go about debating it and doing all the, you know, politicking to get it constitutional. And they bring it to the Supreme Court again. And the Supreme Court, you know, they'll say yes, no. And then the process continues. That's the way it's supposed to work. Not a not a horse trading, not backroom deals, not any of that BS that Roberts does. So, yeah, I'm not a fan of him. If you didn't, couldn't tell. I never would have guessed. Anyway, uh, we're out of time today, Bruce. We're going to have to go. So uh, for those of you who would like to reach out to us, we would love to hear from you. Uh, you can do so anytime by dropping us a line at tips at dynamicindependence.com. We would humbly ask you to pass this along to friends, family, and known associates. We're trying to grow our audience here as much as possible, and we need your help as a loyal listener in order to do that. So if you could pass this along to friends, family, and known associates, we would appreciate that. We're available everywhere you get your podcasts, with the exception of SoundCloud. Also, if you're rating podcasts, if you could drop over to Apple Podcasts and give us a rating at your earliest possible convenience, we would appreciate that as well. Five stars would be a plus. Thank you very much. Thank you for your time today, Bruce. And from all of us here, wherever you are in the world, we thank you for listening. Because it's all of you that listen that make this all possible. We love you, and we love freedom and independence. And together, we'll continue to fight for those in the marketplace of ideas. So we'll see all of you tomorrow.